Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Hello and welcome to the RTC Weekly Download. I'm your host, Jim Dolan, and here's what's in store for this week. We haven't been way out west for quite a while now, so we're going to make up for that right now. We're starting off with an episode of Have Done, Will Travel and The Evil Time. This is from 1959, and then in 30 minutes or so, Gunsmoke and Big Girl Lost from a year earlier, 1958. <laughs> As birds are caught in a snare, so are the sons of man snared in an evil time. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. Oh, hey, boy. Oh, yes, oh, yes, sir, Mr. Paladin. Mr. Malone and I are going up to my suite to finish our business. Will you bring up some whiskey and soda, please? Yes, sir, Mr. Paladin, right away. This way, Mr. Malone. $50,000. It's quite a haul. I told you that off the record, Paladin. I haven't let the amount of our loss be known. Not only close the bank, it would ruin the town. I'd like to help you, Malone, but you don't give me much to go on. Here we are. Come right in. Thank you. Sit down. Oh, it was a cleverly planned robbery, all right. Five men, you say? Yeah, but when the deputies caught up with them just outside of town, there were only four. In the gunfight that followed, two were killed and two got away. And the fifth? He must have been the ringleader. We figure he ran out on his men with the money. Any idea who it was? I have every reason to believe it was Pappy French. Pappy French? You've heard of him? Yeah. Ever since I've been in the West, but I never believed in him. I always figured he was... Some sort of a legend. Oh, Pappy French is very real. Did you ever see him? No. Ever know anyone who did? No. And you want me to find him? I want you to find my bank's $50,000. Come in. You whiskey or soda? Oh, thank you. Hey, boy, I'm leaving in the morning. Oh, where you go this time, Mr. Paladin? I'm going to track down $50,000. And a legend. <laughs> This is Frank Knight speaking for the world's most honored watch, Longines. In the conquest of the Old West, men won fame through feats of bravery and daring. Today, things are different, but fame can still be won. It's wonderful to win a Nobel Prize in science, a Pulitzer Award in literature, an Olympic gold medal in sports. In the field of time, did you know that Longines watches have won more great public honors than any other watch in the world? 
This is true. The highest authorities have ranked Longines watches as the finest achievement in the science and art of watchmaking. Yet, for a surprisingly modest cost, you may own or proudly give a Longines, the world's most honored watch, the world's most honored gift, styled with distinction, cased in precious metal, promising a lifetime of faultless timekeeping. Visit your authorized Longines Whitnor jeweler. He will be honored to serve you. Malone filled me in on the information he had, but it wasn't much. I had only a general direction and a cold trail. I wasted the first two days on a false lead, but shortly after dawn of the third day, I picked up some tracks that led through timber and on into hill country. By noon, I began to think I was wrong again, and then I heard a single shot. I worked my way forward and stopped suddenly at the edge of a clearing. A man was sprawled awkwardly on the ground, his right leg crumpled under him. I suppose you give me a hand up, huh? Suppose you put that gun away. Uh, well, all right. Uh, well, come on. Come on, help me. What was the shot I heard? Oh, my horse. I, I couldn't stand it no longer. Watching the critter suffer. Stumbled he didn't come to grief. Throwed me. Well, how about that hand up? Uh. I'm afraid you came to grief, too. Looks like you've got a broken leg. Oh, you a doctor? No. Well, how you know it's broke? Well, come on. All right. Give me your hand. All right. Take it easy. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh. oh. Now, hold, hold on. Oh, just let me catch my breath. We'll try again. All right, now. No, 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 no. no. Put me down. Oh. oh. Maybe you better let me take a look at your leg. Uh, you... You know something about setting bones? Enough to get you to a doctor. I don't want a doctor. But if you know how, go ahead. You you fix it. Well, I'll have to find something to use for splints. It'll hurt. Oh, ain't nobody man enough to do a thing old Pappy can't take. And you're Pappy French. Uh, maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Uh, what's it to you? Let's get you fixed up first. We can talk later. <laughs> I guess, I guess I I passed out. I guess you did. Uh, hey, that's a right nice job, mister. Good as any doctor could do. I reckon it'll get me where I want to go. Where is that? Well, I didn't ask you your business, did I? I don't think you'll get very far on that leg. Oh, I don't aim to be walking. I aim to borrow your horse. Hope you got no objections, because if you do, I... Well, I... This what you're looking for? <laughs> now, how'd you get my gun? How'd you get it? I only agreed to fix your leg. Nothing more. <laughs> Say, mister, you're pretty slick. <laughs> yes, sir, I like you. Hey, listen here. You help me to get where I'm going, and I I'll cut you in. You'll cut me in on what? A satchel with $50,000 in it. What would you say if I cut you in for, uh, oh, maybe 10% of that? It would depend on whose money it was. It'd be your money after I give it to you. What do you want to ask many fool questions for? I'd like to know what the prospects are before I drop my present job. Oh, what job's that? To recover some money robbed from a bank in Merced last week. Oh, 
Oh, is that so? $50,000, to be exact. <laughs> well, now, ain't that a remarkable coincidence? You gonna lead me to it? I reckon I ain't got much choice. Have I? No, not much. Come to think on it, you ain't too good off yourself. What do you need? You need lots of dollars during sicknesses. You need lots of dollars for an accident. You need the kind of protection that only Mutual of Omaha sells. What do you need? You need Mutual of Omaha's longer, stronger hospital insurance. Modern hospital insurance that's right for you. Single men and women, entire families, even senior citizens, no matter how old, can be protected by Mutual of Omaha hospital insurance. Here's what you need. You need modern insurance to help meet today's higher costs. Longer, stronger hospital insurance by Mutual Benefit Health and Accident Association. Call your local Mutual of Omaha agent in the yellow pages. Or write Mutual of Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska for information on plans available in your state. And remember this, you can save money when you add Mutual of Omaha long-term coverage to your group insurance. The savings you make depend on your age and the type of group insurance you have. Write for details to Mutual of Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. The way Pappy pointed out led into rough mountain country. The going was slow and difficult. I walked, leading the horse, while the old man hung in the saddle, gritting his teeth against the pain. Paladin. Yeah? Hey, it might be a notion to... Stop and rest a bit. There's not much cover here, in case anyone's looking for you. Oh, who'd be looking for me? Excepting you. You ran out on your partners on that bank job, didn't you? Well... You took the money and left them to fight it out with the deputies. All right, what if I did? I figured they was young enough to make themselves another stake. For me, it was my one last chance. That's one way to look at it. Oh, they probably all got killed anyway. Two of them got away. Say, is that so? Two of them, huh? They're probably mighty anxious to find out what their leader did with all that money. Well, well, was one of them a kid named Morley, a young punk with a two-hair mustache? Morley? Yeah, the other one they called Bull. Bull? Oh, he don't count, but that Morley. He always did want to carve himself a reputation out of my hide. Well, come on, let's move. All right. There's no telling how close your friends might be. Friends? Mr... Forty years I've been at odds with the law. I rode with many a man in that time, but you can't show me one I ever called friend. Quite a record. I suppose you're proud of it. Oh, lead the horse and quit preaching over me. I ain't dead yet. <laughs> Cold grub. Mm. No, we can't take a chance in a fire. Unless you'd like to have Morley in to dine with us. Paladin, uh, <clears throat> what if I offer you half the money? That money's going back to the bank. Now, supposing uh, I change my mind about showing you where the money's hid. You could do that. Well, all right, that's just what I'm going to do. Take me in, have them lock me up, I don't care. You mean it? Yes, sir. The man who hired you ain't ever going to see his money again. You finished with that plate? Yeah, yeah, here, here. Whoa. Whoa. 
What you doing? Getting my gear together. Where, where are you going? Well, I'm not making any money sitting here looking at you. Might as well go back to town and get a good night's sleep in a hotel bed. What about me? I'll send some people for you in the morning. What you... I'll tell them to bring both a stretcher and a shovel, depending on who finds you first, they or Morley. Uh, Paladin, I... You like me to make a fire before I go? No. It's it pretty cold up here at night. Well, I don't want no fire. Suit yourself. Good night, puppy. Paladin. Paladin. Yeah? All right, you win. How's that? You win. I'll take you there in the morning. Just make up your mind, Pappy. One way or another, I'd like to get some sleep. I still think you want it all for yourself, the whole 50000 Well, that's always a possibility. You know, I've seen lots of men talk big before they had temptation laying right in front of them. They sang a different tune, and... You may have a point there, Pappy. Good night. Hey, ain't we going to share stand and watch? Expecting company? Oh, that, that Morley kid can track like an Indian. Well, wake me when you get tired. I don't think he'll bother us until we got the money. Uh, you expect me to stand watch without a gun? Oh, yeah, here. Your gun. Oh. Don't go shooting at shadows now. That's the quickest way to attract visitors. Listen, Sonny, I've camped out once or twice before in my life. Sure, sure. Good night, Pappy. <laughs> Think I need you, don't you? Uh, Pappy French don't need no man's charity. Paladin. Hey, Paladin. Hmm? Can you figure one good reason why I don't shoot you in the back? Five good reasons, Pappy. The bullets. They're here, in my saddlebag. What? Uh, that's a rotten way to treat a man. Just before I fell asleep, I took a long look at Pappy French, sitting alone, swinging an empty gun on the ghosts and torments of 40 years. I couldn't help him. I wished I could then I was awakened by a sound from out in the darkness, and I knew we had more than ghosts to think about. Hey, Pappy. Pappy! Uh, uh-huh. What's your... Oh, I reckon I must have dozed off. Fine guard you are. Listen. Paladin, give me my bullets. Take it easy, Pappy. Hey, they've rode off. Now, what do you make of that? Well, they have us staked out now. Probably figure we won't start till sunup. Oh, and then they aim to trail us to the money and then move in on us. Why let them do the choosing? Let's go after them. Until we get the money, I'm not taking any chances on you getting shot. <laughs> you know, Valentin, you're a man of sound reasoning. I figure maybe you listen to a deal yet. Feel able to travel yet, Pappy? Yes, of course I do. I'll bring the horse up. Hey, Paladin! Paladin! Would you let me keep 10,000 of it? That and a day's head start to the border? <laughs> you don't give up easy, do you, Pappy? <laughs> no, I don't. Might be something for you to keep in mind. Be sociable, look smart. 
to date with Pepsi. Drink light, refreshing Pepsi. Stay young and fair and debonair. Be sociable, have a Pepsi. When friends drop in, let your hospitality show you're sociable in the modern manner. Pepsi, you know, is the favorite of the smart and young at heart. Drink light, refreshing Pepsi. Stay young and fair and debonair. Be sociable. Have a Pepsi. Have you tried a Pepsi lately? Paladin? Yeah. Look behind. That dust just over the far draw. Yeah, they're gaining on us. Why put off the job we gotta do with them fellas? My job is to get that money. Yeah, but this here's a good place for an ambush. Come on, give me my cartridges. We'll wait for them. Pappy, we aren't shooting anyone in cold blood. Oh, what's the matter with you, boy? You've lived by your rules, Pappy. I'll live by mine. A man does what he's driven to do. You can't escape your fate no more than you can pick your father. You really believe that, huh? I believe in making the best of a bad job. Forty years of it. Not a scar on my body, not a slash, not a bullet hole. And dang few days were spent behind bars. No, sir. Pappy French lived high on the hog. That's an impressive statement, Pappy. What have you got to show for it? Eh, $42 and a handful of jingling silver. Comes to just a little better than a dollar a year. Yeah, that's how it figures, don't it? All right, hold up a minute. Now, you see the boulder on that ledge up yonder? Yeah. Under there is $50,000. Chance to live out my years in comfort and respect. That's it, huh? That's it. Well, go on. Go dig it up, Paladin. And if you won't listen to reason, as soon as I get a chance, I'm, I'm going to fight you for it. That boulder was heavy, and I was working against time. The men on our trail were closing the distance between us fast. Hey, Pappy, how did you ever move this boulder? The deputies was close on me. Oh, there's lots of strength in a desperate man. There you are. Now it's buried shallow. Now once more, Paladin, will you make a deal? Oh, no, You gonna take me in? It's all I can do, for your sake, Pappy. I'll never make it alone. Uh, uh, here it is. The satchel. Right, open it. Ah, uh, oh, pretty, ain't it? Okay, I'll take it now. Pappy, I told you... The that... bullets ain't in your saddlebag no more, Paladin. They're in this gun. Don't make a mistake, Pappy. You believe me now? No, that was pretty stupid. We'll have Morley on us in a minute. That's what I'm aiming for. If I can't do business with you, I'll join up with them. The men you double-crossed? Sure. We'll just let bygones be bygones and get back where we started. You think you can do that? And why not? Well, you'll have a chance to find out. They'll be here any minute. Yes, they will. In the meantime, I might as leaf have your gun. After he took my gun, Pappy dragged himself to the rim of the ledge. And slowly, painfully, leaning against a rock, pulled himself erect. For a moment, I had a glimpse of the man he once must have been as he faced Morley and Bull. 
They circled to a stop below them. Howdy, boys! Come on up! It's payday! Share and share alike! Why, you lying double-crossing old fool, that's too good for you! Pappy? Here, Pappy. Come on, here. Come on up behind this rock. Give me back my gun. All right. Ah. Now, you hurt bad. You hear what he called me, old fool? Hey, we don't have much cover here. Don't you know when it's time to cut your losses? Go on, get out, save yourself. We'll get out of this together, Pappy. Or we won't get out at all. What's the matter with you, Paladin? Can you handle that gun of yours? Yes, I can. I got a few rounds left. I'm going to crawl out there to the edge and make them count. No, Pappy. Oh, stay back. leave me be, Paladin. I got something to do. Darn smart, Alex. Hey, Marley! Happy? Uh, I made him. Happy? Count, didn't I? Uh, yes, you did. Here, let me help. No, it's no use, Paladin. Leave me be. That dirty nosed kid made his count, too. Oh, uh, don't matter. I reckon I'm getting old for this game. It's time to rest. Man ought to know when it's time for him to quit. Ain't, ain't that right, friend? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right, friend. Mr. Paladin, look like you have most exhausting trip. I carry saddlebag for you. Thank you, hey boy. You find a uh, fifty thousand dollar? Yes. Oh, you bring back? Yes, the fifty thousand dollars is in the bank where it belongs. You find a legend? No, no legend. I found a lonely, tired old man. A lonely, tired old man. That's right. Well, where is he? Uh, you you bring him back? No. There was a spot on a hillside where the old man had buried some dreams. I left him there. CBS Radio and its affiliated stations from coast to coast welcome seven new stations to the electronic fold. Beginning today, these stations will bring extra listening dimension to millions of Midwestern homes through the news of CBS News and programming of CBS Radio. Adding the laughter from Amos and Andy, Mitch Miller's sparkling Sunday sideshow of stars, the surprises of House Party, America's winning seven daytime dramas heard every weekday, and the entire week-long schedule only a network like CBS Radio can provide. A hearty welcome from the CBS Radio Network to Station WKMH in Detroit, Station WKMF in Flint, Station WKHM in Jackson, Station WHLS in Port Huron, Station WLEW in Bad Axe, Station WSGW in Saginaw, all in Michigan, and Station WTOD in Toledo, Ohio. CBS Radio deems itself privileged to add its broadcast product to the outstanding local schedules of each of these stations. Dial in style with the new Midwestern affiliates of CBS Radio.
Have Gun, Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman McDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin, with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Simon Winselberg and adapted for radio by Anne Dowd. Featured in the cast were Joseph Kearns as Pappy French and Harry Bartell as Mr. Malone. This is Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. Now our audiovision shifts from San Francisco, California to Dodge City, Kansas for an episode of Gunsmoke, Big Girl Lost, 1958. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. And the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job. And it makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. Uh, uh, Chester... You like that? No. Well, then, listen to this one. Chester, please. Chester! Chester! Yes, sir? Put the comb away, please. Hmm? Came Mr. Dillon, is she? Feel that way about it? Marshal Dillon. Ah, Yeah. I'm uh, Philip Locke from Philadelphia. I arrived on the Santa Fe this morning. Ah, uh-huh. well, you're a long way from home, Mr. Locke. I'm looking for someone. A girl, as a matter of fact. Oh, there's lots of girls in Nod. You shouldn't have much trouble. If you please. Chester, please. Yes, sir. This girl wrote her mother in Philadelphia that she was teaching school here, Marshal. However, she's never been heard of at the school. Oh, uh-huh. well, maybe she moved on somewhere else. But they say she never was at the school. I'm afraid something's happened to her. Well, a lot of things can happen to people out here, Mr. Locke. 
That's precisely why I've come to you. I want you to find her immediately. Uh, Mr. Locke, you're not in Philadelphia. But I'll keep an eye open for her if you'll tell me her name and what she looks like. She's about five feet four. She's blonde. Very pretty girl. Her name is Laura Simmons. Laura Simmons? Yes, do you know her? No, he doesn't know her, neither do I. But I'll see what I can find out for you, Mr. Locke. Where are you staying? At the Dodge House, and I must say I've been in better hotels. Huh? Well, as bad as it is, you wait there, huh? I'll come to you if I have any news. It's most urgent that I find her at once, Marshal. Sure. Good day. Marshal Dillon. Hello, Laura. Well, come in, Marshal. Come in. Thank you. Hello, Matt. Ah, Kitty. I didn't expect to find you in Laura's room. Well, how'd you know where I live, Marshal? You've never been here before. I asked Sam downstairs. Oh, the wonder he told you. I think Sam's sweet on Laura. Oh, Kitty. Well, I do. Oh, Kitty. Uh, Why'd he ever do this? Look, you two can gossip about all that later, huh? Right now, I've got some news for you, Laura. You have? Yeah, there's a man here looking for you. Oh, who? His name's Philip Locke. Philip? Dodge? Yeah, I figured it might be bad news. I can't have him find me here. Well, he went to the schoolhouse first, and then I told him you'd probably moved on, but uh, he still thinks you're here somewhere. Well, I wrote Mother I was teaching a school. You must have gone to see her. Honey, if you don't want to see him, you don't have to. I can't see him. I can't have him know I work in a saloon. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Especially now. What do you mean, Laura? Well, I was engaged to Philip once before I left Philadelphia. You were? Yeah, we were about to be married when his family found out that my father had been a riverboat captain. I should have told them before, I guess, but... Anyway, they called off the wedding, and I was so ashamed I ran away. I came out here, finally. What about Philip? What did he do? The Locks are a very aristocratic family, Kitty. Guess he had to do what they wanted. Not much of a man, if you ask me. Aristocrat or not. I was in love with him. I think he was with me. Are you still? I don't know. How can I know? He mustn't find me here. This is the sort of life they said I was best suited for. He'd go back and tell my mother and it'd break her heart. Look, uh, Laura, you, you could go out to Ma Riley's until he leaves town, huh? I'm sure she'd be glad for a little company. It's a good idea, Matt. Come on, honey. We can ride out together. It's only a few miles. All right, Kitty. Thank you. Matt, you might kind of spook this Philip Locke back to Philadelphia. Well, I'll try, Kitty. Well, I... 
paid for the beer, Don. I know, and I thank you for it, Chester. But I hate to see you not get your money's worth. Oh, I'll get it. When you decide it's time to buy us a beer. Oh, I'll buy. I'll buy. Is it about time, Doc? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tell me, Matt, is Laura still out at the Riley place? <laughs> oh, you're shying away from the problem, Doc, but uh, anyway, yeah, she's there. Locke isn't likely to leave town this soon. I saw him last night, and I told him that I'd heard that Laura had gone to Denver. Yeah, did he believe you? I don't think so. But I warned Sam to tell him the same thing in case he came snooping around here. Oh, well, it's a sad story. Poor girl. Yeah, she's better off without the like of him. Gaffney. Yeah. Women are strange, Justin. They fall in love, and that's that. I sometimes wonder if it has anything at all to do with a particular man. Of course it has, Doc. I remember what a little Kyle girl told me one time. She said, Chester, she said... I didn't know you spoke Kyle or Chester. Well, I don't exactly. We use a, a sign language kindly, you know. Uh, uh, hello, Lark. Marshal, I think you lied to me about Laura. Oh, is that so? It most certainly is. There's something mighty strange going on here, and I think you're mixed up in it. Look. Maybe Laura doesn't want to see you, huh? Have you thought of that? I'm going to see her if I have to kill you to do it. Kill me? Why, you ain't even wearing a gun, mister. I don't have to. What do you mean, Mr. Luck? I've hired a man who'll shoot anybody I say for $500. Philadelphia must be quite a town. You have 24 hours to produce her, Marshal. And remember, I'm a man of my word. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, He's probably one of those who hired somebody to fight in a war for him, Doc. That's all he knows. Over talking to Pete Doolin there at the bar. What? Pete Doolin. So that's his gun. Looks like it. Of all the evil, no good, drunken crooks, he ain't even much of a gunman. No. I always took Pete Doolin to be a little off in the head. He is, Doc. You never know what Doolin might do. He isn't like other men. And that makes him really dangerous. This morning, Matt. But she didn't say much. Well, she can't stay at that boarding house forever. Locke hasn't shown any signs of leaving. Maybe she ought to go on to Pueblo or Santa Fe or someplace for a while. Give her time, Matt. Hey, Kitty. Oh, you too, Marshal. Yeah, what is it, Sam? Uh, go on out back, both of you. What? What for? Well, you'll see. Go on, go on. I got to take care of the bar. Sam must be drunk. No, he's sober. All right, come on, let's have a look. All right. But I still say he's drunk. <laughs> uh, Sam doesn't drink his own liquor, Kitty. Well, I don't blame him. I wish I didn't have to. You don't? I wouldn't. 
ranch. I lived on a little chicken ranch somewhere. <laughs> Sam's liquor isn't that bad, Kitty. Mm-hmm. Hello, Kitty. Marshall. Laura. What are you doing here? Hello, Laura. I didn't want to go inside just yet. So I've been sitting out here, talking to Sam. You mean you're coming back to work? I've been thinking a lot about everything, and I'm going to face it out. Are you sure you're right, honey? There isn't any other way to do it. Philip came here because he wants me back, and I won't lie to him. Well, I guess it's up to you. Where do you want to talk to him? Marshal, would you find him and bring him here? Out here? No. Just take him to the bar inside. I'll meet him there later on. Curious place to meet Laura. Uh-huh. Hey, you want another drink? No. How about you, Marshal? No, thanks, Sam. Hello, Philip. Laura. Laura, that dress. Like it? Why are you dressed like that? If you'll buy me a drink, Philip, I'll tell you. A drink? Of course. This is how I earn my living, Philip. You work here? Yes. Now, will you buy me a drink to start with? No. Oh, Philip. Never mind him, Laurie. He don't mean nothing. No. No, Sam. It's just like what his mother said about me. It's true. Philadelphia. Well, I know in Philadelphia. Lace on her pants. Here, Lauren. Have a drink. Thanks, Marshal. I need it. Why don't you go on home now? I'll get kidding. Laura. Yes, Philip? Laura, I can't leave. I started to, but I can't. I came to find you. I'm going to take you back with me. You are? Yes. This is quite a shock to me, of course, seeing you here in this place, but I can forget about that. I'll try, Laura. Will you, Philip? We'll never mention it. Ever. To your family, you mean? To anyone. It'll be a secret. It will. If nobody knows, perhaps it won't matter. I'm not sure, Philip. I think it'll matter. Always. To me. I don't understand. No, you wouldn't understand, mister. Come, Laura, let's get out of here where we can talk. No. What? You heard her. She don't want to go. Well, you keep out of this. No, I won't. What kind of a man are you anyway? This girl ain't done nothing to be ashamed of except earn her living, which is probably more than you ever done. It makes you think you're good enough to judge That's her enough. anyways. You'll try to forget about it. Did you ever think of anybody but yourself? 
Mister, you're no good. Laura here's worth a hundred like you. I'm proud of her. I don't care what she's done or who knows it. You're proud of me, Sam? Of course I am. Are you coming, Laura? Tell him, Laura, go on. Tell him. Well? No, Philip. I'm not coming. I'm going to stay here. You heard her, mister. Now get out before I break a bottle over your head. Goodbye, Laura. And you, bartender. You'll die for this. Don't try that, Locke. You keep dueling out of this. Nobody tells me what to do, Marshal. Dueling? What's dueling got to do with this? Locke's hired Dolan's gun. No. He'll kill you, Sam. Dolan is crazy enough to... Yeah. He is, Sam. I'd like to say it. Well, aren't you there now? Because he's coming right up front street. Huh? Dolan? Yes, sir. All right, Chester. After he comes in, just keep an eye on the door, huh? Yes, sir. Sam, Dolan's going to be here in a minute. You better get out of sight. Well, I ain't afraid of you. You heard me, Sam. Now get out of sight, will you? Okay, Marshal. For Sam. Where at is he? What do you want him for, Dylan? Well, I've been paid to shoot him. That's what for. You want to hang, Dylan? I was born to hang. Where at is he? Look, I'm going to throw you in jail for a couple of days. Maybe things will be clearer to you then. Now, come on. No. Marshal, now. Don't do that. I... I got to earn my $500. All right, but you're going to have to shoot it out with me first. With you? What What have you got to do with it? I, I don't want nothing to do with you. There's a law against murder, Dylan. I know that. And what makes you think you can shoot Sam and get away with it? I got $500 right here in my pocket. You want to see it? Dylan, see if you can understand this. Either you take your money and you get out of Dodge or you're going to jail. I ain't going to jail. You want to draw on me? I'm no fool. Then get out fast. Now go on. Move. You... You don't leave a man much choice, Marshal. I guess I'll have to go. Bye. Well, you got rid of him, Marshal. And I hope so, Sam. That he wouldn't have had much of a chance at you anyway. What? Look at Laura there. I wouldn't have missed him, Sam, even if he had got the Marshal. Well, no, but... Where'd you get that shotgun, Laura? It's yours. The one you keep upstairs. I borrowed it. You know something, Sam? There's blood on this girl. Did she ever tell you that her father was a riverboat captain? Hey, Marshal. Um, Marshal, I'm closing up the bar. You'll have to do all your drinking somewhere else tonight. 
That'll be a pleasure. Laura. <laughs> Come on, Laura. I, I, I want to hear more about your old man. Sure, Sam. Sure. by Norman McDonald stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Marion Clark, with editorial supervision by John Meston. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody and Harry Bartell. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. This is George Walsh inviting you to join us again next week for another story on... That's Gunsmoke and Big Girl Lost from 1958. This would be a good time to drop in on Fibber McGee and Molly. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. One of the most precious freedoms guaranteed to us by our Constitution is the freedom to worship as we please. Faith in God has always been a cornerstone in American democracy, and since our beginning, America's religious institutions have strengthened the fabric of our daily lives. Among other things, religious faith stabilizes the family and holds it together. Attendance at churches and synagogues builds the moral and spiritual character of our people and helps them to be tolerant, responsible citizens. Religious leaders have always been distinguished in the giving of personal guidance to those with pressing problems. In our armed forces, chaplains of all faiths give comfort and moral armament to service men and women. Clearly, religion plays a great role in our way of life, a role that grows in importance each day in a world where moral and spiritual values are too easily exchanged for material and selfish values. Attend church regularly, and when you go, Take a friend with you. Ah, there's big news today. Mr. McGee's fantastic new steel cement is about to be officially tested amid great excitement at a big eastern shipyard. The inventor and his wife have just been admitted to the front office, where they are greeted by the president of the company who says... Well, Mr. McGee, this is indeed an honor, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. As president of Hull Shipyards and civilian coordinator for this project, allow me to welcome you and Mrs. McGee to our submarine construction center. Hull's my name, G.B. Hull. How do you do, I'm sure? Well, the pleasure's ours, G.B. No need to be formal. We scientists are simple folk. My wife's name is Molly, and you can call me what my friends back in Wistful Vista call me. Musclehead? Yes, muscle... No. McGee, they call me. Just plain McGee. Well, we're all pretty excited about this test today, McGee. In fact, before we go into testing lab where the admiral and his staff are waiting, I wonder if you'd like to sign this. What is it? It's a contract with Hull Shipyards. Frankly, we've got enough interest in this metal welding cement of yours just from the preliminary reports that I can offer you $10,000 for it 
right now. $10,000? Oh, isn't that wonderful, McGee? Heavenly days. Well... We're willing to gamble on the outcome of the tests if you'll make the deal right now, McGee. Gamble? You refer to my fabulous new cement as a gamble? Ha! Ah, look, sir, this liquid cement of mine is going to evolutionize the shipbuilding business. But McGee, maybe you didn't understand the man. He said $10,000. Explain to him how much that is, Mr. Hall. I know how much it is. I don't want to seem greedy, G.B., but I'm not taking the first offer. Take the money. Are you sure you understand the test your cement will be subjected to, McGee? Take the money, dearie. Take it, take it. We rivet steel ships' plates together and subject them to stresses up to half a million pounds. Do you think your cement will stand a strain like that? Do you, McGee? Do you? Do you think it will, huh? I don't know, but I'll bet G.B. thinks it will, don't you, G.B.? Mmm, $20,000. Take it, McGee, take the money. I'm sorry, G.B., but we ain't selling. Because if this stuff is as good as I think it is, it'll be worth ten times that much. We'll take our chances. Right, Molly? Right, kiddo? Molly? Well, don't you worry, Hull. She'll get her voice back in a minute. And once she does, I'm sure she'll agree with me. So if you lead the way, we'll get on with the test. <laughs> These two gentlemen are our staff physicists, Dr. Carlton, Dr. Weisbecker. Greetings, fellow scientists. How do you do, General? And over here, we have Admiral Rolls and his staff from the Navy. Greetings, fellow Americans. How do you do? And these men over here are the workmen who will help with the test. Greetings, fellows. Uh, you sit right down there, Molly. You'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, hello, Lieutenant. Oh, of course you know Lieutenant Hadley, who drove you out here. Twice. Uh, good luck, Mr. McGee. Thanks, Lieutenant. Well spoken. Now... If you'll just step over here, Mr. McGee, and see if my men have applied your cement properly. Oh, yes. I'll check it. Have to be scientific about this. Well, we did it just like you told us to, Chief. Just laid this plate out here, smeared it good along the edge with this steel cement, and slapped the other plate right on top of it. How's that right? Oh, yeah. Very scientific. Very good. Very good. It's good and dry right now. You couldn't yank it apart with a team of mules. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty strong team of mules we're going to hitch on this time, McGee. All right, men. Put the plates on the stress check. Buy two sets of plates, Mr. Hull. Comparative test, Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, reparative test. One unit of plates is riveted together in the usual manner, and the other unit has been joined with McGee's metal cement. I see. Each unit of plates will be put to the same pole, and the one that holds the longest without breaking apart will naturally be the stronger method. Rivets or McGee's cement. How much strain will you put on them, Mr. Howe? Half a million pounds, Mrs. McGee. Wow, that's a lot, ain't it, kiddo? I hope I will. Gee, I don't know. Take the money, McGee. $25,000 is a fortune. Take it. Yeah, but gee, here's our, well, gee, where's our, uh, hey, G.B., hold it. Yes, McGee? All set, Chief. Ready to start. Yes, McGee? Uh, 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 I just wanted to say that I and my trusting wife, who, who's just about to lose her voice again, uh, are ready. Uh, start the test. All right, right man. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. Opportunity knocks twice in the nursing profession. Yes, the field of nursing is wide open to women seeking a career in an honorable, well-paying profession. For the young woman who is a high school graduate or a college student in good health, professional nursing offers many compensations. 
the student in professional nursing has many interesting studies, including psychology, sociology, and physiology. You work with doctors, graduate nurses, and other skilled people in a team relationship. And you can become a registered nurse after completion of a three-year program. Older persons up to 55 will find many advantages to be gained from enrolling as a student in practical nursing. Although there are more nurses active today than ever before, the ever-increasing needs for nursing service have created a demand for still more. Hospital and health facilities continue to expand. As a result, countless opportunities are open to the woman who becomes a professional or practical nurse. If you wish to enter this well-paying profession, inquire at your nearest school of nursing or hospital. Fifty thousand pounds? Seventy thousand? One hundred thousand? No strain on either unit so far. Oh, dear, I feel like the man who broke the sound barrier. I'm starting to feel like the barrier after it got broke. Two hundred thousand? Two fifty? Wait! What's the matter, McGee? I dropped my cigar. Hold on till I can get it. Oh, Mr. McGee, if you want to watch this Never test... mind, I got it. Go ahead. Well, it's a two-bit cigar and somebody might have stepped on it. Continue test, man. Three hundred thousand? Four hundred thousand. Stress starting, sir, on unit one. Which one is that? Hold it. Unit one, whose is that? I'm afraid it's yours, McGee. Well, hold it. Now what? That uh, that twenty thousand we discussed a while ago. Ah, sorry, McGee, too late now. Make it ten thousand. Yeah, five thousand. Continue, test man. Four hundred twenty thousand. Four hundred fifty thousand. Stress near breaking point on unit one. Molly, I don't feel good. She's going! Sure is quiet in here, ain't it? Deadly. Well, that's that. Sorry, McGee. Thought you had something there. Oh, but... this is terrible, gentlemen. I, I've made a mistake. Mistake, Lieutenant? Yes, sir. Unit one wasn't the McGee unit. His is unit two, the one that's still holding. What? You mean our glue one? Oh, you are the one. No, kid. Oh, Hedda, what did I tell you, Molly? What did I tell you? Yuppie! Oh, I'm proud of you, McGee. Yeah, me too. Oh, Mr. McGee, my congratulations. This is a fantastic discovery. Gentlemen, if you please, in all due modesty, let me say again that this fabulous discovery of mine would not have been possible if it hadn't been for my dear wife, Molly. Oh, well, I... Oh, that's sweet. Yes, sir. If she hadn't agreed to marry me 27 years ago, I'd be a bachelor today. And if I'd have stayed a handsome bachelor, I'd have been constantly annoyed by beautiful women throwing themselves at my feet. And gentlemen, being scientists yourselves, you know as well as I do, a guy can't get much work done in a lab that's knee-deep in beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> and now, McGee, uh, about the contract. It was pretty shrewd of you not to accept my first offer because, frankly, I've got to have that formula of yours. Well, Natch... And I'll be happy to discuss it with you, G.B., old man. Start high and work up. Oh, this is just fantastic. How would you feel about an offer of, uh, say, 100000 Well, that's a nice round figure. Let's hear you double that, G.B., old boy. Mm. Uh, 200000 eh? Heavenly days, McGee. I didn't know there was that much money. Oh, whittle me, able tubes, here's this. Uh, frankly, McGee, I'm not sure my stockholders will sit still for anything bigger than... I'll tell you what I'll do, G.B., since this is our first deal with you people, and since we'll no doubt be back here next year with something just as great, 
I'll give you a special introductory offer. $199,950. It's a deal, McGee. <laughs> now, let's go into my office and finalize it. I'll yes. never understand the way you businessmen operate. But who cares? Oh, when I tell Mrs. Bradley. Hold it, kiddo. Hey, fellas, don't try to handle them two big steel slabs together. Strain your back. Ah, uh, this is great stuff, this cement of yours, Mr. McGee. I don't think you can blast these ship's plates apart with dynamite. No, you can't. But I'll separate them for you, boys. Hand me that fire hose, will you, Molly? The hose? Yeah, never mind. I got it. Now watch. All you have to do is put some water on that cement of mine, and it dissolves instantly. There she goes. <laughs> Heavenly days. It dissolves in water? That's right, GB. For the best results, after you get them battleships and submarines all glued together, be sure not to get them wet, on account of because water... Ooh, oh, water. Oh, my gosh, I never thought of... Oh, water. Oh, Molly. Come on, Molly, let's go home. We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Hello there, I'm Jay Stewart, your MC on It Pays to Be Married on NBC every weekday afternoon. On It Pays to Be Married, I interview real-life people like yourselves who tell us the stories of the problems in their married lives and how they solve them. Once in a while, we interview show business couples from Hollywood. Just a few weeks ago, we had a wonderful visit with Phil Harris and Alice Fay, who told us the problems of both husband and wife being in show business. Just a while back, Danny Thomas told a wonderful story of how his wife stood behind him during the early struggles in show business. A couple from Amarillo, Texas, told how, through a misunderstanding, they separated and were almost divorced. Their three-year-old daughter began losing her sight, and the need of the love of both parents at this critical time brought them together again. However, not all of our stories on A Pace to Be Married are serious. Some are humorous, some are wacky, and some are unusual. So join us each weekday afternoon on NBC, won't you? For laughs and tears and just plain good entertainment on It Pays to be Married. Ah, so what? I don't want to be rich anyhow. I should say not. Pay all those taxes. <laughs> Have salesmen beating the door down to sell us yachts and limousines. <laughs> not me. Put another cold towel on my head, will you, kiddo? There, there. Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Joe Granby as Mr. Hull, Bob Bruce as the lieutenant, and Herb Ellis as the workman. This is John Wald inviting you in on the fun tomorrow night when an important telegram is delivered to Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Follow the Senate committee hearing tonight on the NBC radio network. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening. <laughs>